3: We call it Epcot. It will be our
1: experimental motorbike city of tomorrow. Welcome
3: to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast, taking you back to the vacation kingdom of the world, the way it was and the way it is in your memories
0: all right welcome to to another episode of the retro disney world podcast the official podcast of the lake buena vista historical society i'm your host todd mccarty and tonight's episode 83 the disney institute will be taking you back to that time when you could learn from a special chef or learn maybe skateboard with tony hawk or or do stocks with warren buffett but we got a lot to talk about sitting in with me as always for this episode uh, coming in, his background has not changed, but uh, Mr. Hal Bowers, you still have the electric umbrella from our our Remembering Rolly episode. I like that. You're still sitting up there, still serving burgers behind I am. you. Which is especially
4: fascinating for people listening to the podcast because they can't
0: see. They can't anyway. see, but they have to imagine you in the electric umbrella. <laughs> imagine, imagine that I'm in the yeah, electric umbrella, and, and, and
4: still enjoying one of these deli-
0: one of their delicious hamburgers. I can almost see if I look carefully. I can see the uh, the, the 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 burger machine back there, and the tomato slicer, the broil master. Uh, do you think they had a broil master three thousand there too? They had, Probably. They had to have. I mean, think about the volume. So yeah. Oh, and coming into Ohio after his recent. Drive back from to and from Florida, Mr. J.T. Couser. How are you this evening, J.T.? I'm good. We're recovered, back to normal. Um, yeah.
2: I did have a first happen at, at The World. We um, were at the the Kadani Village, Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom. We went to go shake the sand out of a, a beach towel because we went to Cocoa Beach over there and oh. forgot that my son's swimsuit was wrapped up in the towel. There, there it went right into the zebra pit, just flying <laughs> down there slow. Oh, no. <laughs> So if anybody
0: <laughs> sees a baby zebra with like a dolphin uh, swim trunks on, please, no, 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 we, we got, got it. We oh, got you got it. it.
2: They, you call the front desk, and no uh, they've got a whole system in place, and they said they probably get a hundred calls a day of people losing their stuff over the railing in the oh, animal wow. pit. You're the, the reason oh, we nowhere. can't have nice things. No, no right? No. It just uh, they they got it within minutes though, and then the girl did say she goes, "Sometimes
0: it's too late. We don't yeah. get it. We yeah. don't <laughs> know what that we, uh, yeah, my son was riding Big Thunder Mount once and he got on with a hat and he, and little, 20 minutes later, we're like, where's your hat? He's like, oh no. So I happened to videotape the whole ride in selfie mode on a, on a little handheld. This was back 15 years ago before phones had the cameras. You had a right flip that. camera, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a flip camera. I had a, this other little sticky thing. It was like HD when it first came. Anyway, and sure enough, we've got the footage. He's on there and we go over a curve and whoop, there it goes. There it went, right off. But Brian Miles has the ultimate hat story coming in from Philadelphia. <laughs> I was Philadelphia. just going to say. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I know. I was going to give you a do on this. He's <laughs> Gre- sitting there. I
3: knew what you were waiting for. But Brian greetings. Miles, welcome to the show. Well, greetings and salutations. <clears throat> Sorry about my voice. The, the allergy season, the change of seasons here is brutal in uh, the northeastern United States at the moment with the pollen in the air and whatnot. But... Uh, Yeah, I I couldn't. I I was just actually trying to remember if it was my Matterhorn ride with you guys or with somebody else. It was with us. Apparently, was was you guys. I, I, as most of you know, because uh, I had uh, my fortieth birthday present was getting a little piece of uh, basal cell carcinoma removed from my forehead. So I have my ever-present fedora when I'm out in the sun and that in the parks. And uh, I went on the Matterhorn in Disneyland the weekend we were there to interview Rolly Crump and somewhere along the way as I thought I had it affixed pretty tightly to my head it blew off and I assumed that I had lost it right yep yep you thought we uh, were like
0: it's gone I remember pulling into the station like it's gone Uh, we pull
3: into the station and we climb out of the Matterhorn and this guy that was about four seats back walks up and says hey buddy is this your hat (laughs) And he had caught it, you know, like he did like a straight Ozzy Smith catching this thing in midair and uh, and returning the, the, the hat to me. So, you're like Indiana um,
2: Jones, it just
0: reappears. Absolutely, exactly. <laughs> it just rolls absolutely. back absolutely. into frame. Oh, I'll have, have to was look, look at the pictures one.
3: to figure out which one of my hats it was and whether I still have it. I, yeah,
0: yeah, I'll dig
2: through the eye. I, I also want the right. footage from Todd's flip camera of okay <laughs> all right. well, let me find that
0: I'll, I'll get that to you tonight jt because i know where it is it's he wants the, you it's to restore archive. it though he wants you yeah, to, oh yeah it's it's digital it's, it's all, 720p i think maybe you it want me up yeah.
3: till 4k he wants it upscaled and yeah. all right i'll
0: upscale to 4k for that flip cams look so good till you watch oh. it back now <laughs> yeah this we'll see how good this one is i'll find it for you though um all right well jt uh what do we got in the mailbag this month we got a lot.
2: Uh, we're going to jump around here a little bit. We've got some good stuff, some uh, some things shared with us, uh, some things we'll put in the show notes and that. But first off is uh, our friend Joey here. She uh, wrote us, said, hey gentlemen, hope you're doing well. I recently bought the pre-opening pictorial souvenir from Epcot Center on eBay. I think a lot of us have that. Uh, When she opened it, though, she got a little surprise. There was a letter given to an Epcot Center cast member where the pre-opening guide was given to them as a 10-year anniversary gift signed by Dick Nunes and Judson Green. Wow! So we have this letter. It's signed October 1st, 1992. I'll uh, give you a quick little... I mean, it's a nice letter. We'll put it in the notes. But uh, 10 years ago, we were taking the wraps off our newest wonder, Epcot Center. Perhaps no project in our history was so anticipated by people all around the world. Uh, they're you know thanking them for their daily efforts, and they actually giving the guide as a unique piece of Disneyana, the commemorative book. So uh, you know, just you know, being I, nice, giving
3: a little gift there. I know one of our <laughs> listeners, and I'm not going to say because I don't remember which one of the I'm thinking of two or three uh, of of my friends from Twitter. And how you might remember this, but one of our friends and followers who you know attends our events bought one of those books on eBay, I think it was, or Amazon from a reseller or something, and it arrived, and the entire book was full of like Marty Sklar and John Hench and all of these people's autographs. Wow! Uh, it was uh, it was Ian from uh, Key West.
4: Oh, okay. And it, Yeah, and there was uh, some of the people from Exxon had signed
3: it. It wow. apparently belonged to an ex-Exxon an ex, executive. Yeah. Ex-Exxon. And it and it just was like, <laughs> there was like a dozen Imagineers in there. Like, like, oh my goodness.
1: <laughs>
2: what Perfect. I, that's awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: So we'll share this out. I
2: do think it's interesting, though. I mean, in 1992, Letterhead, and that, you know, it's not what it is today. There, You know, at the top, it's got a golden castle with Mickey. It says, Walt Disney Attractions Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Then at the bottom we have a PO box which is uh, a very cool PO box. I wish I could s- lock this one down. PO box 10,000. Oh.
4: And uh I like this little oh, yeah. little quote. That b- was the cl- that was the classic PO box
0: for Disney. Was it? Can you imagine going to the post office and having to find <laughs> box 10,000? <laughs> Why don't you send a it's letter like to, to, to it tomorrow,
3: JT, just to see what what happens? And maybe I'll invite him to Retro Magic. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, while I you're at it, that... call,
0: the ATT number that goes to that guy's desk, too.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's when they had a P.O. box. Like, there was actually a Lake Bonavista, like, post office, city yeah. address. Yeah, thing. that's yeah, what it yeah, says post office, is which, which, yeah, which I believe is no longer. And then uh, the, the, below that, it says,
2: part of the magic of the Walt Disney Company. Mm. So, nice right. little piece there you got, Joey. Uh, thanks for sharing that. We'll, uh, we'll definitely uh, put it in our digital collection, like you said there. All right. Um, this is more of a, uh, we got a number of these messages, emails, uh, you know, comments on the last episode, which, you know, it, it, we did the episode 82 on, uh, commemorating Rolly Crump. We took our YouTube live and we made that episode 82. So if you caught that, uh, you know, I'm sure you did. If you're listening to this, um, we'll put a link to the actual video because we had a lot of special guests and I think, you know, we got a lot of positive feedback. People really enjoyed that. And, uh, didn't really link that uh we did but we didn't saw you know another another shout out about the rolly episode i think it was a good one and lots of good stuff on that okay brett is next brett says hey retro wdw crew my name is brett in my mailbag response the opening crew nor epcot norway t-shirt made it on the podcast and site he hopes we are doing well he wanted to share with us his site which uh is basically chronicling um disney tags and date inaccuracies he's got yeah. some digital shirts it's a digital shirt museum he's 1971 to 2010 and he wrote a guide to identify disney branded shirts all sorts of good stuff on here almost um you know you're you're speaking our language we get into the weeds on some stuff and you've definitely done it on shirts and And a site called decund uh, which we'll link uh, link this on the show notes here as well, but it's, uh, it's a go-to resource for vintage T-shirt collectors over the past fifteen years. So we'll uh, we'll link that up, Brett. That's that's super fun to dig into and can definitely take you down a rabbit hole uh, for sure. So all right, thank you, Brett. I know you guys have been on the Empress Lily. I'm not sure if you all did the character breakfast, Todd. I I think you might I have. Did. Uh, I, we did, I, did. Yeah, I did. saw the pictures. Yeah, I did it. I got a it. pennant. I have the plastic cup here. Um, Karen sent us a uh, little picture here for the archives, and this is the basically you you finish the character breakfast, and they gave you like a piece of paper, which you know you know how these things are now. I just got one a week ago from. Uh, Kate May Cafe with all the character autographs on it, and sometimes they make it home, sometimes they don't. Uh, This one made it home, though. It says, you would fill it out, basically, a certificate presented to Brian Miles. This certifies your membership as an honorary mate of the Walt Disney World character breakfast crew on board the Empress Lily Riverboat at Walt Disney World Village, and it's signed by Mickey, the captain of the Empress Lily so uh nice little piece there it's got and it's got a lot of fun characters around the the empress lily too so it's a very uh age appropriate thing the way the characters are on there the image the mickey autograph it's very cool so we'll uh we'll put that on the uh site karen we appreciate you
3: sharing that with us as well and i'm did not get to experience the character breakfast there, but my parents did take me, uh, make us get dressed up and go to a fancy dinner, on the Empress Lily on my first trip, and I had eaten there on subsequent trips. That's the night I got in trouble from my dad for saying the word sucked. <laughs>
1: sure, <laughs> I remember you told thirteen year old
3: thirteen year old me was you know I love that got story. in trouble on the way to dinner at the Empress oh, Lily. Oh, such.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I have not eaten there, in I probably since the character breakfast when I was eight. I think I, that. Would... I
3: we did I did paddlefish at some point during the pandemic. We ate up on the open deck. I had dinner with uh, my friend Caitlin up there, and uh, I, I just remember it was three courses, and like one was terrific, one was inedible, and one was okay. It was uh, it was a mixed bag there at paddlefish.
0: Hmm. Not the memorable experience you were
3: looking for. Well, it was you know it's. I, come to recognize every meal is a crapshoot no matter mm-hmm. where you eat so unless it's the brown derby where every meal is outstanding
0: there you go <laughs>
2: all right well next up we got a letter from george he says hi gentlemen i'm your hey, latest george. latest binge listener what a ride now i have to learn patience and wait for my monthly episodes a little word of warning for people if you are binging and i'm i mean if you caught this one it's you know, obviously you're, you're listening years in the future. Take your time. You don't want to catch up too fast. I know it's tough, but uh, it's one of those things here. So he says, uh, Y'all feel like buddies I drink a beer or a tiki drink with and shoot the breeze. Big kudos to you for preserving uh, history. He's uh, super pumped about all this, and uh, he likes catching up on stuff he was too young to uh, remember. He par- his parents took him along for his first visit when he was three weeks old in 1989. Wow. And, so uh, is he, he old
3: was, enough to drink yet?
2: Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess he would be like not, oh, 30, yeah. right? Like, yeah.
3: <laughs> do they let people drink at 30 these days? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, probably. <laughs> well, George, you're more than welcome to buy me a drink whenever whenever we meet. I, I will happily <laughs> take you up on that offer as I think the rest of the gents will too. Sure, sure. And JT,
0: you should probably tell people too that if they are binging on us, that the older episodes are of a different quality. We didn't have the sophisticated, semi-sophisticated microphones that we do now. We too. did so, not. Um, although we did, also
3: we also didn't, we didn't know all the things we know now. So. That's right? true. We, we are,
2: we've yeah. I have gone back and listened to a few older ones, like wanting to cringe, but then they <laughs> they go well. I mean, they still. They, I you know, I, I I sit there and I go, okay, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um. He actually went back two more times before he turned one. So George had three visits in before he was one years old. One year old, and uh, he was
3: the first lifestyler.
2: That, and he was there uh, <laughs> at, at the age before one. I don't know how many months. Uh, opening week of MGM Studios. Oh. oh, nice. Um, now here's where we get. Maybe uh, they
3: smashed a pie in his little baby face. <laughs>
2: you know that is one thing i always think of when i walk by there isn't that the one where like the frozen sing-along is now where you walked it's like a ramp down at the studios that how was talking about and i always think about how saying when he opened the thing they opened the fridge and it was like a cooler full of pies just all stacked up neatly
3: where do we do our disney mgm studios event someday and it's just a whole pie smashing fight (laughs) (laughs) that'd be
2: great a pie that'd be great uh he said he grew up with annual passes and they stayed at fort wilderness quite a bit and uh his sister and i have been working to digitize all of our family's videos and pictures he's sharing three videos uh his grandma shot at the vacation kingdom now george we need your permission to to share these or you know post them out i don't want to without your permission but i just wanted to say thank you for sharing them because they uh they were super fun to watch and we love seeing this stuff this is almost like a call out to anybody that's i mean i know in the pandemic i got into digitizing a little more with the free time and i'm sure all of us uh, vhs camcorder kids are you're they're getting up there in age so if your parents have that stack of tapes you might want to get on this soon before they deteriorate and fall apart but while you're doing that uh, make sure you share them with us because with our keen eye and our expertise as george said uh, we might catch something that you don't see Anyways, George, uh, appreciate it, and uh, I'm sorry that when you finally were excited to get caught up to do the latest Audio Rewind, you realize we stopped five years ago doing Audio Rewind (laughs) puzzlers, so uh, appreciate the videos, George. Uh, He did send us Epcot 94, Fort Wilders 95, and more from 95, somewhat of a grab bag, so these are super fun to watch, and I need to watch them on the TV next, because the phone just doesn't do it justice. All right, we got one more here. This is from Lisa. Lisa uh, wrote us from, um, Brian, what's your state? The Keystone State. Yes. And uh, she started listening to your podcast. Uh, she says her family literally lived, breathed, and breathed Disney. They traveled every six to eight weeks at times to Disney from Pennsylvania, and they stayed at the Contemporary in the same room at the North Wing. Now I have to ask this because I have a fascination with Disney hotel rooms. Like I like seeing one that's like, oh, that one's got a weird extra bump out, and you have more space, or there's a little like roof overhang, you know, in the room. How do you secure the same room every? Would you know the
1: manager? Would you make? a
3: there's a couple answers to that. If you recall, in the last couple of months, did we talk about his email in one of our episodes? The uh, fellow whose grandparents went. Every year for three and three weeks and six weeks and on their one hundredth day. Yeah, this is it. Oh, this is the same one. Yeah, this is. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, in the era before the internet, I think you could get to know, you know, the 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 managers and Disney reservations knew you. You could request specific rooms and all, uh, and you know. uh, once there became, you know, with the invention of the internet and message boards and a, there was like a guide, if you went to all ears and those types of sites, like, well, here's how you get a, you know, the room you want, you fax the main desk or you send a letter to the, well, once a hundred people are doing that, then you're less like, then it becomes an annoyance when there's four people who have specific rooms that they want that they're dealing with in a week. It's a courtesy; they're more than welcome to do. Now everything is a, you know, you can ask them for the moon, and you're not likely to get it anymore.
2: So the internet you know. ruined it. You could call. Yeah, courtesy I mean, it's and, it's one of those many well, things
3: that uh, yeah. the more people that learned about it, it became less an accommodation they're willing to make because you know. It's
0: the other thing too is that there's sites out there that now will basically take your reservation and tell you that they'll automatically put in for a specific room so now you've got you've, you've automated it all you have to do is sign into one of these services and say i want room 324 in the polynesian in this building and they're like oh we'll automatically send it over to you so it's like like brian said they're just getting it constantly
3: right it, So it, now you know it, it used to be an uncommon request right because you were just happy to be there and you picked your view and and now it's like, oh, I want, you know, this particular room because it's got a view of the fireworks or it's closest to the ice machine or it's, you know, I stayed. I offed a the guy there in 84 and I want to make <laughs> yeah. sure that I removed all the body parts it's just, out the, yeah, of the room. It's, no,
0: Brian, not, it's like that Love Boat episode where they tried to get the right, the same cabin because, or the specific cabin because they, they thought, thought they, there, they the painting. The, uh, they, the, yeah, the yeah. special painting was hidden in there with the, with the money or the jewels or something. Yeah. Remember and that? Then, that was a then good Then they one.
3: found out all the rooms were renumbered on the ship. <laughs> exactly. It turned out to be in the <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> uh,
2: now, have twist. have any of you been on a trip, stayed somewhere for at least one night and then stayed in the exact same room like a, on a future date? Not that anywhere.
3: I don't remember that. I mean, I do remember bef- the night of our before our first retro magic, they I was stayed one night in the contemporary and they upgraded me to one of the penthouse suites on the floor with the concierge and lounge and everything. So for, cause I, I guess, cause I was staying one night and had paid rack rates. I was going to say you paid racks. Yeah. I paid, it was <laughs> like, like $750 right, this sucker, for the Let's night. move them up so there. they just, they just, they bumped me up for the night. Johnny, we got one. The, the other thing I remember is uh one time just by happenstance, I got a corner room at the French quarter so I had windows yeah. in the front and windows on the mm-hmm. on the other wall too, which was very nice. You know, you had two walls of windows instead of one. Uh, but I never stayed in the same room twice that I that I can recollect. I gotcha. Stayed That's... in the same building more than once. I requested so, like when I used to stay at Dixie Landings, I, there was a couple buildings I preferred and would say I want to you know put me in one of these two buildings and.
2: Like, I've remembered uh, Fort Wilderness site numbers we've stayed at. And then, like, if I'm there, you know, we're zipped around the golf course. I'm like, there's where we stayed in 2001 or, you know, something like that. That's kind yeah. of fun to... Yeah,
3: I have a one also in the Polynesian uh, that I stayed at, I remember, uh, that was right on the corner by... The, it was the, It's the last building before you hit water, but on the far side of the resort, like on the luau side of the resort. And uh, I was in a corner room there that I not facing the water actually facing the longhouse but uh, I remember that room for some reason I don't remember what number it was but I remember staying in that room
2: yeah it's very interesting yeah, you sit there you we had it happen once where we stayed at a hotel on the drive down and we got mm-hmm. a suite because we had our kid you know we put a kid in a separate room and that whole deal and on the way back we booked the suite and they gave us the same one so it was like wait we were just here I wonder if anybody's <laughs> been here since and like I was thinking they had the love boat thing like I should have Left my deodorant in the bathroom. Yeah, I probably still would have been same. here. Um, so, anyways, Lisa, we went on a tangent there. So, Lisa, they had the same room. They knew him there. Uh, even as she's going into her their love of Disney. They even had their pool tiled with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Oh. Um, here's the fun one though. In the year 2000, they were honored by the Contemporary for 156 visits. Yeah. They have a plaque uh that and they even sent a lim limb, a limb mouse scene, which
3: Yep, they put, sent the mouse scene.
2: Uh, wow. Uh to pick them up at the airport to take them to the contemporary why visit one hundred and fifty? Sit. maybe it was at 100 or something but yeah just, worth
0: 150 and they by the yeah. time they got to it it was 156 but they,
3: but they you know they had mickey there to greet them when they got out of the because they had like a whole reception line for them when they That's pulled up awesome. the contemporary and there's video of it it was really neat to see I think you could reach 1,000 now, and they wouldn't do that. So, <laughs> I They don't care. Yeah. They just, it's, you know.
2: Uh, she did say, though, they had a, an amazingly large Disney collection uh, in Philadelphia, but uh, sadly parents passed, and uh, they auctioned off a lot of the items and stuff. But, Lisa, if you have any photos of the plaque of the limousine, I'm sure you guys took a lot of pictures, but that'd be fun to see any of that stuff that was... Uh, I'm guessing you guys have a few photos from that room, and you want to tell everybody Roy room it was a <laughs> yeah. contemporary, we could stay in that one at some <laughs> yeah, point. We
3: could request it.
2: Yeah. Um, but uh, thanks, Lisa, for that fun story. We appreciate that. Uh, I, you know, I, as, I, as I get older and I don't like fighting the theme parks, the resort stories always uh, ring out to me because they all seem to have a different little panache to them a little thing because they're run by different people and different niceties and things and, and and all that so it's fun to hear resort stories as well
0: i will say i think they should have a, an award named after them for long stays like that even they don't recognize it i think and it should be your plaque should come hanging on a little corrugated wall i think that would be appropriate <laughs> that would be cool it's i yeah i'd love to see what the
2: plaque looks like and then then you wonder is it like was that just like that manager because he knew them, coming all those times, and he did it to be nice. Or did they give plaques out often for long stays to I, anybody. I,
3: I think they were really unique, and not only did they come often, but they—I believe the email said they would stay for like four to six weeks. Like they were—they were there for long stretches of time.
2: Hmm. Gotcha. Well, all right. Again, thank you, Lisa. If you'd like to reach out to us, let us know some stories, uh, comments, questions, anything send us a message podcast at retrowdw.com. we can also take your instant messages your social media your tweets anything like that let us know and there's a chance your message or question could end up on a future episode uh and thank you so much for all the writing
0: all right well it's time for this episode's main topic and uh, we are going to take a walk over to the disney institute well, maybe we'll take a bus or maybe we'll take a, a little little boat over a from shuttle. Port Orleans. A shuttle. Uh, we're going to walk the grounds and, and see what it was like back in the 90s when the Disney Institute... Oh, this thing just screams 90s. I cannot wait to talk about it. But um, Brian, you're going to lead us through this trip back into time that was a... It was meant to be something very different in a different place and uh, we're going to learn a little bit uh, how it materialized and how it eventually faded away.
1: Something tells me I'm going to remember this vacation. (laughs)
0: There's a new kind of vacation at the
4: Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. It's a vacation that immerses you in a special world where you can try new things, where you can explore
0: and discover at a resort destination unlike anything you have ever experienced.
1: You won't believe what you can do all the things uh,
3: that you can the vacation kingdom itself this property went through many many different incarnations so I said this episode starts great for me as the leader because I get to deflect to Hal Bowers to give us uh, you know the Disney Institute opened in 1996 and we've got some 1990s era prehistory to go over but before that we've got the 70s and 80s in this property that borders the Lake Buena Vista shopping village and I uh, am deferring to Hal Bowers our resident expert on the the era because he used to buy his pies nearby uh, (laughs) from from the village bakery to uh, just gonna give us the reader's digest version of this property prior to its transformation into the disney institute
4: that's true we used to go to Lake buena vista and look across at those fancy townhouses and go
3: wow that must be
4: where the fancy people stay
1: because they <laughs> have no
4: idea what that's all about um yes and i i will do the reader's digest tonight i will make this very brief i'm sure some in a future episode we can do a deep dive into this but uh i want to give a shout out to dr alan bowers who actually acquired a uh uh sales booklet Uh, from the townhomes there and so the materials that i'm looking at tonight are uh some of it are directly from that that have some juicy details uh which which we're just going to skim over so we will go go deeper in that but yeah so before it was the disney institute it started out as kind of a curious idea uh so you know picture you know walt disney world we've got you know two hotels contemporary the polynesian and then uh you know that's disney's out of money they're broke they just built a you know a theme park and and the two hotels that they could that they didn't want to pay for but you know roy pulled out the wallet and took care of it and kicked you a steel to the curb and they got that done and so the next step for them to do was try to develop more of the property and uh that meant getting hotel partners to come in and build hotels Uh, but kind of you know unlike disneyland where all the hotels were built up right around the magic kingdom you know, they bumped them over to Lake Bonavista, um, which was a little bit far away, so you didn't have that encroachment on the park like you did in California. Uh, and then th- that really became kind of the first place that Disney was going to dip its toes into building a city. So they weren't quite ready to try to do Epcot, but they thought, hey, let's let's get our toes wet in doing the kind of land development and building for some communities. But we know the one thing that we don't want is residents. So they come up with the idea to build a series of townhomes and then lease them out to corporations. Uh, as, as it says in this letter, it says our present effort for the second home community. So it was not intended to be primary residence. It was, you know, a, a, a place you would come on vacation. Uh, they say, uh, it meets corporate needs. Uh, so this this is dated uh, January 29th, 1973, and they're saying 70 corporations had already leased one or more townhomes in the Lake Buena Vista area to entertain their customers, suppliers, salesmen, distributors, dealers, and jobbers. I like jobber, that word, jo- jobbers. Jobbers, absolutely. Come <laughs> on, jobber. So uh, so the first the first round of construction on these townhomes, uh, they built 80. And as, as you can tell from this letter, they, they apparently had 70 booked with either a one-year or two-year commitment right away uh, in 73, which is astonishing. Um, besides the, to- the townhomes, they also built an 18-hole golf course designed by a gentleman named Joe Lee. Uh, and then, of course, a clubhouse with restaurants and things there. So they were trying to build up, you know, not only the, the townhomes, but also the amenities. And then, as Todd actually kind of alluded to, Lake Bonavista had, um, the shopping village there, which was built afterwards as part of this, um, it's part of this kind of grand plan. Uh, that's where the supermarket would be. So you could go to the shops over there and buy your wine or your cold cuts or your pies or whatever you needed, and then take it back to your, your town home. Um, I just, so... I just
2: can't believe the golf course wasn't designed by Tom Fazio. Cause they always said that <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I knew about the golf
4: course. <laughs> yeah. So so that was kind of the idea is how it started out is let's build, you know, s- corporate housing. So in theory, you would go sell this to, you know, RC- your RCA's and your big money sponsors and, and they might buy one of these. So that way, when their executives come down on vacation, they have a, a nice place to put them. And one of That's the kind of
3: one of the side notes Sorry, how one of the side notes there is that the whole pff, 1960s Reedy Creek. Disney pitching its city of the future Epcot getting all these approvals to basically be allowed to do almost whatever it wanted to build the magic kingdom. Uh, You know, these guys that inherited all of Walt's grandiose plans uh, kept trying to do things to kind of tread water Mm. to show the state of Florida and the counties. Oh, Hey, look, we're doing what we said. So, One of the things they said they'd do was build a residential community. So it was like, well, this will fool them for a while. We'll build these (laughs) townhomes.
4: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. They actually did, as as this starts to progress, you you go into like 74, 75, and then you start to see those. That's when you saw that big plan with uh, like a people mover that ran over to the Mm -hmm. townhomes, over to Disney Village. When they had the the building that eventually would house the Sun Bank, they had a plan for like three or four of those, like down the strip against I four, plus a multimodal transportation center to tie it all in together with the monorail and other local transportation. So they really were trying to like, well, we can't build Epcot, but we can build this, which is
0: kind of Epcot-ish. something else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll get Epcot the half part late. of it.
4: Yeah. Um, then one of the funny things that you would get if you were one of the corporate renters is uh, you would get a residential hostess as part of your package. So this would be someone, a lady apparently, because they are very distinct about host hostess,
1: hmm.
4: who would be uh, kind of like a concierge for you. So anything that you needed, you know, church services, you needed shopping done, air travel, how do I get to a nurse? How do I get roadmaps? Where's the stockbroker? It's like this. This person would take care of all of that stuff for you, so that was kind of like one of the perks uh, with it. Uh, and then the the second perk, and this is really fascinating. So you could rent um you could rent your homes furnished or unfurnished. So they had a three bedroom, three and a half luxury townhouse with a loft. Uh, so that was one. So they were wow like the kids were supposed to be up on the third floor. Uh there was a uh, a one bedroom, one and a half bath townhouse with a balcony kind of overlooking the the living room. So that was your second model, and I'm surprised they're not named like they, you know, they always get, always I love it when houses always have names <laughs> yeah, like the Continental, the Brandywine. <laughs> exactly. <The, laughs> exactly. Uh for, and for some reason they didn't have that in this one. And then there was a uh I think there was three i'm missing the other one i
0: think they had more generic names right they had those the vacation villas and the golf villas if i recall so that
4: was so that was a little bit later that was later okay okay that was later so so the first plan was to do these these townhomes okay um and and uh which which was successful for a short period of time um now in your townhomes I said I wouldn't dig deep, but it's just so funny. <laughs> you always so you dig get, deep, Al. There's, I know. there's no stopping you. You, can't you get a it. dishwasher, you get an electric dishwasher, an electric range, an electric disposal, a refrigerator with an ice maker, central heat and air, of course, a fire protection system, oh. a telephone, tempered glass doors and windows, and, uh, you know, powder room on the ground floor. So this is, this is a big deal. They, they told you. And, oh, and little courtyards and sometimes a second floor balcony and stuff. But, okay, so... If you were to get the, the uh, furnished diversion, your house would be decorated and furnished by two-time Academy Award winner, Emile Curie, who uh, he won for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. But he was a set decorator and uh, interior designer for film. For years, he worked on It's a Wonderful Life, and besides the Disney stuff, he had a long career, came to Disney, did, oh my gosh, everything for Disney from like 1953 up until the 1970s. He also did a lot of uh, stuff for Disneyland, and he's he's credited as one of the few people that could uh, set do a set decoration that looked like people were actually living there hmm. rather than just something that was set up and looked phony um and and for those of you who don't know i think that's what the art of set decoration is so you know the set designer would say i'm you know for this film like it's a wonderful life it's like we're building a house and it's got a dining room and a living room and you know it's going to be configured in this way with these walls and whatnot the set decorator would be the person who would then go out and acquire the furniture the knickknacks you know if, if for you know 20000 leagues under the sea someone had to go out and get you know the organ you nemo's know, organ that would be in there and the the seats and all the books that were on the bookshelves and so you know not only would he go out and acquire antiques and things but he would also uh uh have things custom made so it's like for the 20000 leagues under the sea organ it's like he found a not working, but a functional organ that had all the parts with it. You know, used the keyboard and the stops from that, and then designed, you know, and had fabricated the pipes that went behind it, and then added the mirror and added oh. all the rococo carvings to it. So, this guy, uh, you know, he knew his stuff. He he was a genius. Uh, and then, what's funny is I actually have seen a couple of pictures of of the the houses that he decorated. It just looks like any other normal kind of nice house in the 1970s. <laughs> it, I imagine today if you had someone like that at your disposal, there would be somebody that would say like, no, no, you're going to build me. I, I want a Nautilus room. It's like I want something that looks like 20,000 leagues right, under the right. sea. But he he was just doing, you know, nice, tasteful uh, decoration. But I'm sure it was a feather in the cap to be able to say like, oh, yes, we have, you know, my house was decorated by a two-time Academy Award winner um Looking into the timeline, I think the reality might have been he was getting ready to retire, and so this was a good project to kind of ease him out because he retired in 1974, and so this might have been just like a nice way for him to finish out his career with Disney in a more kind of low pressure, you know, yeah. way. But it's just it's just really cool uh, that that was something that you could have. Um, I'm not sure what ended this you know this townhome idea uh because they said you know they had uh you know 70 booked right away Mm -hmm. and then they planned to to build an additional 140 more townhomes because this i mean i think the thought was that this was going gangbusters it very well could have been the uh the the opec oil crisis like so many other things that kind of shuffled things around um so so Disney had to figure out something different to do with this. They did go and add the tree houses at this time. So that project moved forward. Um, but they slowly started converting this into like typical rental um, property. Um, it was a little nicer, uh, obviously. And, but if you were looking to instead of a hotel room, I, I think it, what it ended up doing is they realized they had an opportunity to add, you know, real houses to their portfolio. Yeah rather than just hotel rooms and you could charge more for that. And, you know, it was, it was nice for families too, as well as corporate. So they kind of shifted over and, and they, they used the Disney village name. They added the tree houses as part of this. Um, They, they probably did, you know, finish building out those additional townhomes. Uh, And then somewhere along the way, they also added, um, they built four single family homes. I can't remember now if it's three or four, uh, sort of as tests, to, to see what they could do um, with designs that I think uh, architects from WED came up with. So there were actually a couple of houses uh, tucked in this space, too. Uh, and, and it lasted like that uh, through the 90s until, you know, Michael Eisner had an idea. And so, Brian, I will hand it back to you for the continuation of the story. I, I will
0: say that we do have photos of the interior of these and we also do have uh some interior footage uh, of of the decorations too i stayed in one of the two level ones back in 86 um and i remember i think i've said this on the podcast episode the mets won the world series one of the nights we were there but i remember going the open staircase and looking down and going up uh, and I look back at the photos, and I look at the decoration. I'm like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <He's> just <laughs> but, sitting there,
3: thinking, "Boy, I wish a Curie was here." <laughs> it's really? Looking I,
4: now I have I found I have found his son.
0: Oh, really? Uh, on,
4: online, yes. Who is a filmmaker, <laughs> but oddly, oddly, or interestingly enough, he also did started out doing some interior design work for Walt Disney World wow. under the tutelage of his father. He decorated the golf resort. Oh, look and at that. so I'm going to reach out uh, to him this week and see if we see, can set up a possible. Yeah, see interview. if he
3: wants That'd to get some French fried ice cream with us. That's what the golf yeah, resort you was go. famous yeah. for. <laughs> you know. ah, well, so yes, it lived on as a vacation home option through the 1980s. And uh, let's talk about how it became the Disney Institute. Uh, So the first mention of the Disney Institute uh, is in 1990 uh, in plans for the planned residential community that would ultimately become Celebration Florida. Uh, This was in the midst of the Disney decade, right? Yeah, the the, the big Disney decade. Yeah, yeah. uh, Where they had Buku plans. uh, And originally uh, it was envisioned to be part of celebration uh the institute was going to be uh across the 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 water uh, on the other side of the water if you ever been a celebration and the thought process was that some of the buildings in celebration could be utilized by the institute during the day and one example was the movie theater uh when they weren't in use by the residents of celebration so this is like the pie in the sky when they're designing celebration initially and announcing it they're talking about the disney institute and so this would come up at you know stockholder meetings and whenever michael eisner did press calls this was a pet project of his he was very very big on this Fast forward a couple of years to March 1992. Uh, the shareholder meetings were frequently held in Orlando. Uh, this So that year one actually was, and Michael Eisner gave an interview after the shareholder meeting to the Orlando Sentinel uh, talking about his ideas for the Institute. Uh, they wanted him to shed a little light on it. Uh, and he talked about the Chautauqua effect. And so, of course... Most of us are sitting here saying, "What's the Chautauqua effect?" It sounds Is that
0: like Chappaqu- Chappaqua New York. It or? sounds
3: like a really bad '70s disaster film. Yeah. So, uh, but let me let me give you a few snippets from this March second, nineteen ninety two article from the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, Eisner envisions Disney City with educational institute. Uh, Michael Eisner daydreamed recently about what he'd eventually like to see happen at the planned Disney Institute. In Osceola County, he said the Institute would one day be part of Celebration, a 5,200-acre city that Disney wants to build on its land in northwest Osceola. When plans were announced, the Institute was described as a place that would resemble a college campus, Hmm. where residents and guests would be entertained, exercised, and educated with a never-ending array of movies, seminars, lectures, and sporting events. In a brief interview after the shareholders' meeting on February 18th in Orlando, Eisner said... He would like the Disney Institute to be kind of a kind of Chautauqua, which point the Orlando Sentinel reporter then has to write seven paragraphs on what (laughs) What Chautauqua is. 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 (laughs) Uh, The Disney chairman was referring to a late 19th century educational movement. The movement's first meeting, instigated by a Methodist clergyman, was held at Chautauqua, New York in August 1874 quickly grew to form a school of languages established in 1878, a summer school for public school teachers in 1879, and a school of theology in 1881. Hmm. In addition, there were Chautauqua clubs for young people interested in reading, music, fine arts, physical education, and religion. In this century, being the 20th century at the time, there were Chautauqua tent shows that presented entertainment, lectures, and concerts, a varying quality, mostly to rural audiences. So it was a roadshow. Eisner said he would like to see the Institute become a place where, <clears throat> excuse me, thinkers, artists, educators, and those interested in an exercise and health could exchange ideas. So this is Michael Eisner's big idea in 1990, 91, 92, that this is going to be part of Celebration. Oh, oh, say, Brian, did you know why
4: Michael Eisner thought Chautauqua was a cool idea?
3: No, how? Why did he think it was a cool idea? Because he went there in 1985. (laughs) You know, frequently Michael Eisner went places and then said, hey, you know what? It would be really cool to do this at Disney. (laughs) That's exactly
4: (laughs) what he did. He's like, hey, this is neat. I wonder if we could do something like this. But it but it took, you know, seven seven or so years to like get it spun up.
3: And different locations. Uh I, the... I
2: heard he went there because he had his heart surgery and it was like no. stress relief.
3: No, the heart surgery came later, if it was nineteen eighty five. He he didn't do the heart the heart surgery thing didn't happen until after Frank Wells died, right? And that was the mid nineties.
2: Yeah, that's that's when I, I heard he went so, yeah. and got the idea. I don't know, but that's no.
3: that's No, the 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 uh he did not have his heart attack until uh Until the 95, 96, 96, somewhere around there. It was was after Frank Wells passed away. Uh, And after the Disney Institute was already a thing or becoming a thing. So uh, you can kill that urgent legend, JT, because that's, that's not what had happened. But a few months later, January 1993, a Scottish newspaper has the first blurb you can find. So if you've ever read British tabloids, uh, there's always uh, a lot of like little snarky columns and things in there. So in a travel column, they have a little blurb about the Disney Institute says you can't beat the Americans for dreaming up unusual new ideas for holidays. And their latest is truly original. Alongside the theme parks and resorts, Disney will shortly unveil a totally fresh idea and leisure to be called the Disney Institute. Educational courses, no less, in every subject from opera to health. People love to absorb fresh information on on their interests, said a spokesman. It's a revolutionary approach to making a holiday worthwhile. Learning on holiday sure is, exclamation point. But then the Disney boys are always first with the most unlikely ideas, combining thrills and spills alongside information. Uh, So that's January 93, a Scottish newspaper mentioning it for for the Brits. And in the summer of 93, we then get an article, again from the Orlando Sentinel, centered around a shareholders meeting talking about everything that Walt Disney Company has going on in there. And the Disney Institute is listed as a site for learning vacations on the drawing board. Again, no details. But at this point, they are no longer mentioning it as part of, uh, as part of um, uh, the celebration. So that you, is there.
0: You know, it's interesting at this time frame. What year was this again, Brian?
3: We're in ninety three, ninety four, right now. But in ninety three at the moment.
0: Okay. So you know, remember the whole Epcot education thing. And yes. Like, is this? I'm trying to remember when that started to fall apart and it's interesting that they're pushing the education somewhere else because, you know, oh, you can get your teacher will let you take the, the, you know, time off to go see Epcot because it's educational and the school will excuse you. You know, this is like moving the education from somewhere that they knew it wasn't going to fly anymore in a way. Right. Well, just when did the Epcot education stuff really start to like falter?
3: Was it around then? It was
2: still going in the mid 90s when I was because it was horrible.
3: (laughs) <laughs> it really, it it, re- it really wasn't until the the I mean the test 2000s, track. yeah. yeah. T- I mean, but well, and test the track was under
0: construction in '96. Don't forget, it, it
3: was, but they but they didn't really pivot away until the millennium celebration yeah. and kind of one by one gutting, you know, moving the I mean, the Living Seas moving to Nemo and all that. Right, right. It was all right. kind of a progressive thing that that went piece by piece. Uh, well, you know. I I th- I think your real question Todd is when did the Walt Disney
4: Educational Media Company fold? <laughs> that's true, right? Because the whole Teacher Center at Epcot yeah. was uh, you know, an yeah. uh,
3: offshoot of that. Yeah, so yeah, really it really went It was to put that it was division... to push films and software and things that right. they were yeah. peddling.
4: So when that division goes down, that's probably the end of, you know, the the super educational part of epcot being there right. as as far as you know direct outreach to teachers and doing straight education stuff yeah i, I think it's fascinating there's a think in there's a memo to, to wells from eisner in 85 and he says i'd like for us to consider a fourth gated attraction a walt disney world version of chautauqua that it enhances the entire image of disney world and realizes the ultimate disney resort dream so that's he thought it was a fourth gate he considered hmm. that yeah. A fourth gate, and so really, I think that's why you saw this big emphasis. on you know, They're like, Oh, well, it's not just to your point, Todd, it's like, Let's not make this part of Epcot, let's make this a Something monetizable, else. separate thing, you know, which includes vacation stay. Right. You know, people, I think one of the ideas is like, Yeah, you might go to the theme parks on your Disney Institute vacation, but you could just stay at the Disney Institute and right. learn all the stuff there, right?
3: So the, the really critical phase here in terms of its development falls from the summer of 93 until really the summer of 94. And what happens then summer of 93, they start hiring staff. Um, the George Bratt, B-R-A-D-T was hired from Kraft food corporation as the director of marketing and sales for the Disney Institute. Uh, they started shedding more light on what was actually going to go on there and, and kind of rounding out, Um, more of what Eisner had kind of pie in the sky talked about. So this article from July of 93 talks about, uh, you know, that it's a pet project of, of Disney chairman, Michael Eisner. It's going to be built now. They've officially confirmed. It's not celebration. It's going to be built near the Disney shopping village and that it will offer educational vacations And then it says, oops, in quotes, enrichment vacations is the new (laughs) nomenclature because Disney is famous for renaming things. Uh, Programs are still in development, but Disney officials uh, have revealed some specifics. Learn the secrets of animation in an annual cartoon production. Get an insider's view of movie television production from working professionals. Relax with massage or aromatherapy treatments in the spa. Explore the Disney Wilderness Preserve and learn about environmental protection. Develop your own personalized wellness program of exercise, stress education, and nutrition. The Institute, set to open late summer 1995, will have 457 lodging units in a lakeside setting. The minimum stay there will be three days, but customers can choose programs that last up to seven days. There will be three-hour overviews for novices and the impatient... And there will be six hours a day master classes running all week, and then it mentions the hiring of George. Can you Brad imagine now.
0: seven days of Rachel Ray? Oh.
3: Well, here's the interesting thing about that. Uh, in February '94, I already mentioned that, but you know, it was it was talked about uh, this project being on the drawing board. That was in the midst of a very rough year for Disney. Uh, they had the Euro Disney finance issues. Uh, Disney's America was officially killed that year. Uh, and Westcott was, which had still been on the table was in trouble as well. So that was not a great, uh, stockholder meeting for, for for Eisner as they're in the middle of, of doing this project down there. Now jump forward a few months, uh, May 19th, 1994, Disney files the paperwork with Florida to operate the Disney Institute and begins advertising construction bids to transform that existing site D- demolishing some buildings as i recall yes and 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 building new ones uh leaving some of the old buildings up uh but uh, they began to f- uh, advertise for construction bids then so the actual construction took about you know 18 months they it was not uh by today's standards you know they spent 4 years building it Yeah. Uh, But but it went fairly quickly back then. And then in August 1994, uh, they had these ads in the newspaper for every discipline. So I'm holding one up for the guys to see the Disney Institute Entertainment Arts Job Info Fair. Uh, But they did one of these for the sports discipline and for entertainment and photography and all the different things that they intended to teach. They started holding job fairs in uh, August of 1994 at the Sheridan World Resort, which is now the Doubletree right by uh, SeaWorld. Oh, yeah. uh, so, and uh, what, it, what the ad says is that they are looking for Orlando locals, uh, people who re- re- reside full time in, in, in Orlando and then a brief screening process will happen during the job fair. But uh, for instance, in this instance, the entertainment arts one, uh, they say the Disney Institute is a new genre of venic- uh, vacation experiences, offering participatory, interactive, enriching, fun vacation program experiences to guests in entertainment arts, performing arts, sports, fitness, environment, architecture, culinary arts, and a lot more. The Disney Institute a new developing business of the Walt Disney Company is located in Orlando, Florida, and will open October '95. So now we've heard end of summer '95. You've now heard October '95. I will give you the spoiler alert: it actually opens <laughs> in February of '96. So <laughs> miss um, those dates. We'll, we'll, That's we'll funny. Go
4: so so go. I have construction's break. So I have groundbreaking was on July 6, 1994. There you go. And and for the super curious, uh, a guy named Tom Beebe. Yes. BE was in charge of the renovation and the new construction. And it's funny. They mentioned like porches, copolas, and dormers and balconies like were in, enhanced the current buildings to make it. So a lot of times they just took the buildings that were there and just stuck, you know, more hometowny looking architectural elements on them to try to make it look, you know, updated and fancier and a little more, you know, homespun. I,
3: I occasionally overdo it. Uh, because I love these little uh, little write-ups that they have on the um, the different ways the project was described. So one of the things that was common back then was newspapers would be part of a service. The Associated Press, Gannett newspapers, uh, Knight Ritter. There were a bunch of conglomerates that owned you know fifty papers around the country in major cities and smaller towns, and so. Uh, when you do a newspaper search for some of this stuff, you'll find the same article in like 40 newspapers that appeared over the course of, mm. of a few weeks. And in the Gannett newspapers uh, on about the end of the year 1994, this one's uh, Saturday, December 3rd, 1994, but it appears over the course of a month, an article about the things Disney's doing. Also in the works, the Disney Institute, a recreation, or a recreation of a quaint arts community. And Lakeside Campus with Recital Hall, classrooms, amphitheater, and spa and fitness center set to open in the fall of 1995. Disney plans to offer a new all-inclusive learning vacation aimed at families with teens and featuring interactive programs and in animation, performing arts, fitness, sports, and lifestyles. <clears throat> so, you know, we're seeing this the, the the buildup happen that we're kind of used to. Yeah. By September '95, you know you're now five months away, six months away from opening. Disney is promoting and booking for the February 1996 uh, planned opening, and noting that guests should book as early as possible.
1: It's gonna fill so
3: up. Yeah, they want to make sure that the place that the place goes. Uh, Michael Eisner, in one of the, these, are Disney PR articles. Says, we live in an age when discovering new things is a lifetime priority, and the Disney Institute will offer a relatively charged atmosphere where you can engage your body, excite your mind, and expand your horizons. Definitely not written by a PR person. (laughs) Guests can take part in programs ranging from animating a cartoon, creating a topiary, to climbing a rock wall. JT, there's your first rock wall mention. Uh, It was...
2: Yep, it was one of the programs. <laughs> rock climbing, <laughs> gotta do it on the original. Rock uh, climbing with Tony, right around the same era.
3: <laughs> it just it never it, it never stops with the rock climbing, uh, and they talk about they do talk about Tom Beebe here, uh, uh, ta, or uh, how uh, designed by Tom Beebe, Its facilities will include 28 program studios, a broadcast quality performance center an outdoor amphitheater, state-of-the-art cinema, a closed-circuit TV and radio station, sports and fitness, a full-service spa, date, uh, clay tennis courts, I'm sorry, an 18-hole championship golf course, and five swimming pools. Whoa. So they are just promoting the heck out of this thing over and over again. What's uh, funny is,
2: too, if you start Googling this, you find so many... I mean, it reminds me... I don't want to determine the future here but this very much reminds me of the galactic Scar Cruiser. uh <laughs> there's lots of press write-ups where the press were given the full three-day treatment like hey yeah. come experience this write about this yeah. like i'm reading a lot of new york times articles where it's like hey here's what i did here's the classes it's it's just funny they were they really pushed this thing
3: so i i want to i want to include a couple of things here one of them uh is this uh disney produced article if you remember when the studios opened one of the big pushes was every day you were going to encounter a real live celebrity and you didn't know who it was right yeah betty what betty white riding down in the stars and motor cars parade or Joni and chachi or you know whoever morgan fairchild or every day it was some different star was going to put their hands in cement. And then that kind of became like more of a weekend thing yeah. than a, than a, than an every day of the year. Cause three 300, getting 365 stars. There was quite a feat for any movie studio or major corporation. Like pretty soon you're, you know, you're picking, you know, villain number three from Knight Rider to be your celebrity of the day because you know, right? Like you don't have an endless well of these folks hanging out in Orlando, Florida. Yep. So, I find it fascinating that in the press write-ups beforehand, one of the big things, and it's in the preview video that I know JT loves to talk about when they started promoting this, surprise celebrities. You know, there's just going to be cel- surprise celebrities all over this They're place. just going to pop. Mar- yes, Martin Noah. Scorsese's in the,
2: yeah, in, in, the, in the video. In the video,
3: in the video. And James Earl Jones. And Like, how the, many times
2: did they show up just this, once That that for the, the This
3: is my favorite. The Disney Institute Artist-in-Residence Program will bring well-known expert performers to share their skills and insights, to combine their talents in new ways with other performers and to demonstrate their ability in a performance setting and in one-on-one interactions with the guests. Participants will include basketball star Bill Walton, (laughs) blues harmonica player James Cotton, actor Andy Garcia, who does, by the way, love Disney, uh, and I follow him and his daughter on Instagram, and they're at Disneyland all the time and sometimes at Disney World. Troubadour Theodore Bickle, motion picture critics Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. Because surprise is part of the Disney Institute philosophy, these artists and residents will appear without advance notice, making every visit a special one.
0: Do really? it's says artists in residence You really think Sicily were going to go like kick back there for three weeks and do this yeah, stuff? We're, like, come we're, on, yeah. we're, we're
3: cloistering ourselves to Basic. watch the one, the AFI 100 Greatest Films of All Time. You yeah. know, like, can you
4: imagine <laughs> it? would Be like, oh look, we got Crispin Glover. Yeah. Right,
3: yes. <laughs> he's going to come up and pretend to kick my face.
1: Exactly. <laughs> they, they really They're were going density. for the "if
2: we build it, they'll come" type thing here, and hoping. Well,
0: well and, and you, look, there's no way that they would have those top A talents all the time. That was just. I mean, we know it's marketing. It's the marketing well, that's gimmick. it.
3: The beauty of, surpri- of of promising a potential surprise celebrity interaction is that people. But I mean, I remember the first time I went to Hollywood. Didn't you think you were going to run into like Jennifer Aniston oh, yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. of the 7-Eleven? Th- like, but this is this goes
0: back to the childhood. This is like going to the the gumball machines with all the cool toys in it, and you, you yeah. turn the knob. You never get the good one, you know. What no, I mean? no, it's it's. But just... you've booked your
3: three to seven day stay at the absolutely, D- Institute, just hoping hoping that Julia Child comes out and shows you how to <laughs> <Okay>. make toast.
0: <laughs> so this has got to be.
3: A... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've cut myself.
0: <laughs> um, I've got a. I gotta talk. I gotta ask those listening if you went to the Disney Institute. Please write in. I'd love to know who the celebrity was that you worked with. Um, You know, and and let's find out. I'm curious. I'm really curious what people, what experiences were out there.
4: I also want to know. It sounds like they spent a boatload of money to build all these things, like the. 225 seat performance hall in the state of the art city yeah. that holds 400 is that stuff still there did they yes. demolish it all when they turned it down a, a, okay. a
3: lot of those facilities mean, because if you remember they sh- uh, our our first disney rep uh pimp the uh the theater to us the 100 seat mm-hmm. uh performance theater at the what was formerly the institute is still there as a okay. place where we might want to hold a special event or a screening or something. It's and not a bad space. No, no, no. It's just not big enough for the kinds yeah. of things we do. But but uh, yeah. it's, it's For a small thing. movie screening. So so I have the official announcement press release here. This is all from a packet, by the way, that uh, we graciously got from Deb Will's collection, uh, mm-hmm. formerly of AllEars.net, uh, who has been weaning down her collection and offering some of the stuff to us. Uh, before it goes to auction and uh, we've taken her up on some of it she was a guest uh, as a as a notable influencer before that was a term back in uh, the early or back when it opened in 1996 and uh, so she got this packet of stuff and there was a lot of really really cool stuff in it during her during her stay there at the uh, at the institute uh they actually have that quote from michael eisner that i just read to you about, that was clearly from a press release <laughs> is right here the second paragraph of the press release but it does announce that it is on schedule for this is an undated by the way for a february 9th 1996 opening the first class resort hands-on uh experiences artist and residence program most of this is a repeat of stuff we've already talked. at this point now they are talking about 80 programs in nine different program tracks entertainment arts sports and fitness lifestyle story arts culinary arts design arts environmental youth and performing arts Uh, i'm not going to go through what each of them are because we will touch on some of it Uh, but uh, the artist in residence program is revisited there's a few different names here uh, some of the guest speakers who've already agreed to participate include former Senate Majority Leader George Mitchell, who was eventually put on the Disney Board of Directors, Bill Walton, Bruce Jenner. We're uh, back to L- Bill Walton again. And, and, L- and Lute Olson. I don't know who Lute Olson is, but I'm sure some of you do. Uh, Siskel and Ebert. Opera's Cheryl Milnes, M-I-L-N-E-S. I apologize to the opera fans. Composer Morton Gould, architects Robert A.M. Stern, Frank Gehry, and Michael Graves. In select programs, guests can choose a la carte or from packages that focused on a particular topic, such as gardening or animation. Disney Institute vacation consultants are available to assist plans in their itineraries, both prior to an arrival at the resort. There's the promise of an actual fun vacation when you're done at the Disney Institute. (laughs) (laughs) And the Disney Institute will be for adults and older children who haven't lost their sense of wonder, says Richard Hutton, the vice president of Disney Institute. All our guests will be able to design their own vacation doing as much or as little as they like. No two guests will have the same experience. It's like riding the Tower of Terror when they they mixed it up. Uh, it mentions everything it's going to have there that we've already gone over guest rates for the Disney Institute will be approximately $582 per person double occupancy for a minimum of three night stay this charge covers accommodations programs, baggage tips a one day Disney theme park pass and taxes. Here's the best part
2: all that doesn't include what though
3: your food, you don't get fat, you have to pay extra for your meals. Well, you're correct to a point. I have with me here the welcome letter that you would have received from Mary Beth Naughton Bisnier, or Biz, Bis- yeah, I think it's Bisnier, uh, who was the general manager of the Disney Institute. If you checked in, uh, she tells you, although we know much of your day will be filled with exciting discoveries. We hope you will take a moment to explore some of our new facilities, such as Seasons Dining Room, oh. the spa at the Disney Institute, and my absolute favorite, Dabblers, the Disney Institute store. That is such a <laughs> 90s name I, for a store. I mean, I Dabblers. You're, you're dabbling. You're dabbling. You're dabbling in little things here. You're dabbling in photography. You're Dabblers. dabbling in the arts. Just trying it a little bit. It's funny, you can this I pay one, uh, just a
0: little bit for those things? Th-
2: this one cast member thing you have, they just have referred to it as a general store. They don't say, call it Dabblers yet. Well,
3: it was mm-hmm. Dabblers here, and again undated, but uh, somewhere between 96 and 99, because that's where all my materials are from. If you have any questions regarding your programs, please make sure you stop by our program services desk in the Welcome Center, where you picked up your welcome kit, or... You can just touch Institute Programs on any house phone. So they had a button that said Institute Programs, and you would instantly get someone on the horn to talk about, you know, hey, I want to learn how to make a topiary of a camera while learning about wine, (laughs) singing opera, and I would really like Frank Gehry to show me how to design my house.
2: And I saw James Earl Jones in the (laughs) video. Is he going to be there? (laughs) Yeah,
3: where's James Earl Jones? I want dinner with him. When's that then? Uh, so they would like they, they had I have a, a tremendous amount of materials here on the classes. There's a, would, a wouldn't it be funny if James Earl Jones did something
4: completely non acting related? <laughs> like, James Earl Jones like, teach you how to
1: rock climb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now hold on tightly. Symbol
4: so, I made this mistake once and was <laughs> run over by wildebeest.
3: So oh. the 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 program was you know you stay for 3 days there's morning sessions and afternoon sessions and every day you can see it's it's basically a matrix where there is a half dozen things offered in the morning a half dozen things in the afternoon and you pick one of each that's the ideal there now what they've imply here in the in the materials is you don't have to go to class if you don't want to if you just want to hang out by the pool or just take a morning session and you pick one from what they're offering so, you know, culinary program, design arts, entertain arts. Uh, gardening in the great outdoors is a canoe adventure on this one Monday uh, in the mornings. Aerobics. And then they have uh, youth stuff. When I say youth stuff, seven, ages seven to nine. Yeah. There are. is a separate program for for them. If you have kids under seven, forget it. You're not welcome at the Institute. They, they got to go somewhere else. But there was a Disney Institute camp. That uh, would occupy the kids, and then at nighttime there was always something to entertain people. Uh, where they would have a show, which I do have a schedule. Well, if you took, wasn't
2: that. it like if you took a improv class all morning, then you would you would perform like yeah. on the stage. Or oh,
3: something. oh, so I do have it. It's on the back here. So say you did two classes during the day, whichever two, three, or seven days you were there. Then at night, every night there was some kind of entertainment. Uh, the first night. Here on this one in December of, I believe, 1999, Jim Corcus, the infamous Jim Corcus, presented a very Merry Christmas. Uh, The quick description is Jim Corcus, actor, magician, and animation historian, presents a collection of Disney cartoons. So, literally, he was just hosting Disney cartoons. And they list a half dozen uh, Christmas or winter related. Uh, shorts, which are probably the ones that are shown now in the uh, uh, Philhar Magic Theater during Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. You know they run those Christmas and hot and winter shorts now in in the theater uh, as a thing to do. So, and then there's a like one night you could go watch the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Uh, there were uh, the Children's Holiday Choral Festival was one night oh. there. So, you know, and that was uh, featured in this program is the St. Louis Symphony Children's Choir, who probably was either performing at the Candlelight Processional or at the Magic Kingdom or something, and they booked them over here at the Institute to entertain the people staying at the Institute. So, uh, you know, we're going to post a lot of this stuff, but clearly the, hey, stay here for three to seven days thing was not a big seller because they immediately also began running a day visitor program Mm. to fill the class spaces. Um, And the day visitor program was to sample a day at the Disney Institute. And basically you could just pick uh, a thing that you wanted to, you know, one of the courses that you wanted to crash and pay a fee. I have a couple of That makes so much here.
0: more sense, too. I mean, the committal of somebody for three, five, seven days. I mean, can you imagine, like, bringing a family down and, hey, kids, we're going to crochet for three days. And the top yeah. crocheter may too Oh. Or, so, or, by, you, you know, not- JT, I, I feel I, I feel like a kid would be kind of like you at Fort Wilderness, just staring at the Magic Kingdom, calling you. and you Yeah. Know, well, and you can't yeah, go. It's,
2: it's, it's just more interesting because you tell the family or, you know, whatever. And I know they were angling it towards people with uh, an older kids, you know, that wouldn't go or they were, you know, already moved out. But it was like, we're going to Disney World. Oh, what what are we going to do? Well, we're going to canoe and and crochet and I'm going to get a massage. Like, it just, it doesn't connect. Like, that's like... From James Earl Jones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
3: He's giving Relax your muscles. (laughs) So, so let's... You know, it opened in February of 96. It lives in this incarnation for four years until 2000. And I'll I'll touch on that in a bit. But let's take a look at the day program from 1999. I have a a day visitor program brochure here from 99. The, uh, The pitch is more or less the same. Like to cook, feel like climbing a rock wall, creating an animated character, think you'd enjoy anchoring the news. Uh, You can try things in a new place of joyful discovery right on the Walt Disney World grounds. And then they run through a bunch of other things. Uh, We have youth programs who will even provide complimentary private transportation from select Walt Disney World resorts. And right in the front, it's got the pricing. Day visitor program, one of the sessions, either a morning or afternoon session, $69. The full day, which was two programs, one in the morning, one after the noon, uh, was $99, including taxes. And then they have the general, you know, schedule matrix here, all of which I had scanned in earlier and sent to you guys. But uh, in the back, they have some descriptions. And I like some of the, like, photos because they've obviously got some updated photos here. But, like, this one shows a man learning to take a photograph of flamingos at Discovery Island with a professional photographer instructor. Um, Here's an elderly woman learning how to draw in the animation class. There's, there's just uh, photographic storytelling um, different kinds of photography on location television. you can see that they were to, you know a lot of the topiaries which we we got a letter about a topiary program tonight didn't we JT one of the somebody wrote in about actually participating in the programs in this era so I yeah, think we- it's probably a good idea to read one of those uh, read that letter so people can get a firsthand experience on what might have been going on there, and then afterwards I'm going to fill you in on the Season's Dining Room menu.
2: Yeah, this is from uh, Bob Smith. Uh, I, I sometimes don't give last names, but I think Bob Smith's identity is safe. Uh, he, <laughs> just, don't, uh, just don't
3: Google Robert Smith. Uh, you'll get The Cure. You'll get a lot of the, the music group The Cure, right? Yeah. Maybe he, it's him. He could be. <laughs> right. He, i'm going to a the big disney man.
1: institute <laughs> i was a he's trainer
4: the ce- and i did that work. he's the celebrity. <laughs> he's a celebrity he's a celebrity now he did say i'm so i'm so happy to be here he did say he organized a leadership
2: retreat at uh, walt disney world for the company i was working with at the time so he was the one who kind of called and, and set it up and all that we don't know the company he was working with but uh he says they didn't stay at the Disney Institute; they stayed at Coronado Springs, which was brand new. So, what year is this? Oh, I don't Coronado know what year it opened. I'll let somebody Springs. Google while I'm reading.
3: gonna look. I think that's 2000, but let me look. see. He
2: put uh, he scheduled the agenda so that each of us would be able to attend two sessions at the institute. He uh, he got into the art of Disney
3: topiary. Coronado Springs opened August first, nineteen ninety-seven. So this is early in the institute's life.
2: So they were doing the day programs. Then I'm guessing that they, early,
3: the, the day programs were the very first year. I mean, after they opened yeah. up booking for six months, they realized, like, hey, these three-day guys aren't filling these classes. We got to figure something out, and so what they an were mar- They were marketing the day programs right out of the gate.
2: So you wonder if it was cheaper then for, for the company, you know, you're bo- trying to figure out the bottom line. Like, hey, we're sending the, these people to Disney. Well, we're not doing that. Okay, but I got it for a little cheaper because we're staying at Coronado um, and not there. And then we're going to do the day programs from there. Anyways, he did Art of Disney Topiary. He says he thinks it's one of the more popular sessions, a hands-on experience where everyone left with a living topiary to take home. It was about two and a half hours long. It took place in a room that was designed for garden-related instruction. Uh, the price of the session, he believes, was about $70. Included everything needed, instructors' tools. 30 people in the class had two instructors. They were pleasant and knowledgeable. And it is clear that they had presented this material before. Several people from my company attended. And I remember laughing and smiling through the entire thing. It was a great team-building experience and made even better by the idea we each had a souvenir. Uh, he did say none of the souvenirs <laughs> survived, though. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Um, the other one he did was the art of Disney architecture. He's a huge fan of architecture and, uh, your members being incredibly excited for this Institute offering. This was a two hour driving tour of various and notable works of architecture around Disney world. Uh, they drive building and building stepping out of a van short walk around the building to discuss. He was a bit disappointed that our means of transportation was a plain white 15 passenger van. We've all been there. Uh, he was hoping to tour the property in like a Disney bus, so the size of the van limited the size of the group to 15, which was great. The bad part was that I always seemed to be the one who was climbing into the very back of the van, into that unsafe uh, seat. Isn't that back terrible
3: there. when you get that first seat and then everybody just takes their same seat when they get back in the van at each step? Yeah, stance, yeah, man. yeah.
2: I think, I think in our tour somehow I ended up shotgun every time because I wasn't <laughs> feeling good. And then like everybody was like, just you're by yourself. Sit I think up you
1: there. were the
3: only one traveling alone. Yeah, man. yeah, that
2: was yeah. why. Uh, we learned a bit about the, each building, including the architecture and design. The person leading the tours Pleasant Pleasant knew about the buildings. In other words, I don't think he was a huge architect fan in general, but had studied what needed to be presented. It was on the level of the tours that offered a theme park's terms of quality information presented. Other than the white van, I really enjoyed the session. So uh, he says <laughs> yes. he's real sorry the Institute no more. At this point in his life, he'd really love to spend a few days immersed mm-hmm. in this kind of learning for fun environment while being able to take advantage of... everything else disney has to offer now i will say looking back as a 40 year old adult now i would much rather go to the disney institute with updated current programs than the galactic star cruiser for that kind of money that would be way better for me
0: you know that's a that's a great point i mean our our age is different now but think about Different what you, what the thing different yeah.
3: things you're going to get out of it, right? You, you'd you'd come home knowing how to cook or landscape instead of pretending you were a spaceman for three days, right? So that, <laughs> you could
2: you could like pick like you could you know it would apply to your your life. Like I right. mean, how often do we go down there for you know our things and events and you know it's like an adult adult trips to Disney now seem way more common than they were in the nineties, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, just the because you can fly down for fifty bucks.
4: So I have to wonder about the demographics of the United States at that time, and whether there was a die-off of a certain age group that <clears> made it not tenable. And now, it's changed to where you know there's a lot of us I, in our 40s and 50s. I was just gonna say, I, I
0: think it has changed now, and I, I think people would, as we get older, we I'll say I'll say this: let's take Disney out of the picture for a second. My family now we travel for experiences. Sans yeah, Disney, right? Sure. We travel when we go. We're the oddball family that goes to Germany and goes to the Faber Castell pencil factory. That's an experience. Like like, where else do you do that? Where else do you ride on a horse drawn carriage through Copenhagen at at a, at a at a brewery? Right? You, you just do those experiences, and that is what makes you more well rounded. It gives you those those ability to, to see people in a different light and experience things and start new hobbies and, and meet different people. And I think you're right, how as we get older, I think those are the things that you do, do gravitate to. I mean I'm not ready for a, a, a Viking cruise on the Rhine just yet. But um you know uh, I will say but, though
2: too, I think that's changed with the internet because now you can yeah. pull it out on your phone, learn something, but people are, are almost like yearning for like the, the like you seeing the factory in person. You could watch a YouTube video yep. instantly of it, but you still Wanted to go see it in person. Like this is almost that.
0: Kind YouTube, of way. you know, it's funny you mentioned YouTube, JT, because that brings out a really good thing too. Is that our people are so inundated with doing things? Right? There's always this happy music playing. People make salads in three minutes and they make their make their house beautiful. This wall looks incredible in 30 seconds. Right? What about learning how to do that? Other than just watching people do things in in six
3: seconds on TikTok? Sure. I part of it too i mean for those of you who binge listen we talked about this years ago but people travel more than they used to and they yep. travel further and yeah. and travel is more attainable because it's a lot cheaper than it used to be i mean yeah todd we talked about your first Many tickets yeah. to walt disney world were two hundred eighty dollars a piece or yeah. something like that by and 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 you couldn't you know, you, you just couldn't like. Oh, I'm going to go to Copenhagen. Going to Copenhagen was yeah. saving up for five years. Right. Those things are within reach now, uh, so people's experiences are broader, and the things that they seek out are broader. Uh, I don't f- know that any of those things are really what doomed Disney as much as uh, the 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 idea that people would like to go down there and learn you know if you're going to learn topiary or you're going to learn photography most people in metropolitan areas anyway have a community college or have uh older adult education programs there's places closer to home that offer those experiences cooking classes things like that that I don't need to fly to Florida and give Disney $600 to <laughs> be cloistered for three days to learn how to cook scallops. I can do that in a $25 class here at home at the local community college at night yeah. or, or then around here with the Ambler adult school or other th- You know things that, so I, I think that the, the theory was a good one uh, when we talk about its eventual fate. Uh, but the, interests from people planning a vacation where they get on a plane and fly somewhere. This was not, you know, in their top 10 choices of things to do. Mm. So I think it was a neat thing for a certain demographic. uh, And then they ultimately had to rework it to figure out, well, who are we really catering to here? I do want to talk about, since we're talking about day programs and how they, you know, we know when Disney would market things, it was always in a, as a reaction to how their product was being received, Were they filling classes, Were people booking at the Disney Institute. So it opened in February 96 by Christmas of 96. And if you remember the tagline from the video, JT, and from the you marketing materials, you won't believe what you can do. You <laughs> Uh, it was the Disney Institute's tagline and this brochure from their very first Christmas holiday season is you won't believe what you can do for the holidays uh-huh. at the Disney Institute. And so it is cover. a, it, Oh, the insides even better. I did scan it says, and put it in the chat earlier today, but uh, a hands-on holidays at the Disney Institute and it, uh, Disney Institute immerses you in a world of hands-on activities Take programs and holiday menus, party planning, holiday stress reduction, and storytelling, ornament making, holiday baking. All this, a host of special activities, performances, and film screenings to celebrate Hanukkah, Christmas, and Kwanzaa. This uh, tis the season to explore the holidays like never before, where you can a place where you can engage your mind, body. Etc. 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 Rock climbing is mentioned, JT. Uh, <laughs>
1: that's, rock. That's, that's the holiday. part of any holiday. Ho, ho ho. But the
3: best part <laughs> is the second page of this is Disney Institute Florida Resident Holiday Packages. Uh-huh. Uh, so Man. overnight package, one night from hundred and twenty nine dollars per person. I love this 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 brochure. This great rate is valid December first to eighteenth, nineteen ninety six and is based on adult double occupancy. (laughs) This is the second line. We have 50 rooms available at this price, and other rates are also available. I mean, it's a whole brochure for 50 rooms. Wow. (laughs) Your experience includes bungalow accommodations at the Disney Institute, your choice of Disney Institute programs, with a double star, which says at the bottom, you may reserve up to two programs a day.
1: Oh, only two.
3: Access to the Disney Institute Sports and Fitness Center, evening performance or film screening, and special holiday activities and additional rooms tonight. Now, you may ask yourself, I don't want to stay overnight. What if I just want a day program? Well, ask yourself, how did I get here? And the answer is, for $49 a person, you could get there and take two programs, a morning and an afternoon one. And do the special holiday activities, access to the Disney Institute Sports and Fitness Center, evening performance film. So you got the full experience without staying there if you live close enough to drive in yeah, for 49 bucks instead of paying 129 bucks. So uh, based so what's on that, for, so what's $49 $70 dollars was the cost um, to stay in the bungalow for the night and what's, uh, what what's that with the, infl- 49 the inflation?
1: 49 or 70 calculator? what do you want
4: 70
3: to... in 1996 i That's would say it's $135 there you go yep almost 100% uh special disney institute holiday programs listed on the back in the culinary arts they would teach you to make chocolate truffles and holiday treats holiday gifts from the kitchen and healthy cooking good to eat and good for you holiday menus there were Ways to make holiday topiaries and garden things. In the story arts, uh, there was just a program on how the Magic Kingdom celebrates Christmas and decorates. <laughs> uh, and then in the entertainment arts, there were uh, various, oh my, my goodness, these things. Holidays in the news, how holidays are made. Home videos the Disney way. Holiday videos. Animation sampler, a yuletide cell abrasion. Cell
0: abrasion. Oh, yeah.
3: And an animation workshop, all kinds of stuff. Talk like Santa. Talk like an elf. The voices of Disney. <laughs> well, that just sounds
2: riveting. Boy, I feel like they went through every program. And they said, let's put a holiday <laughs> wait, twist
3: wait, on wait, it. wait, 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 JT. You like this one? For lifestyles, dance, dance, dance. Holiday dances of the many lands and people. Computers, desktop publishing, make your own holiday cards. Or you could just buy an Avery package and do it yourself you didn't know
2: how to. that was the taught. that you. was
3: the whole thing. yeah, that is why you needed to go to the Disney Institute for the holidays. now I, so, James James Earl Drone teaches you how to command <laughs> I wish you a merry Christmas and a happy new year Insert Now control all and shut San, over. Santa will come, Ray. Santa will most definitely come. I, I um, have an
2: interesting fact here, and it goes back to your uh, the first year because you're into december right yes so i have it opened in what february
3: february 9th yeah it's
2: 1996 uh, i have and then it started with 80 classes and then by may wow. due to the 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 lack of interest it dropped down to 60 in just three that months that
4: makes complete sense i think i think that might be one of the things here i mean to your point brian if you can go take a cooking class anywhere What's the big exam if if they had perhaps focused on the things that were unique to Disney, like the animation and you know the stuff that was more Disney specific right. things that were in their expertise, not that obviously they had tons of great culinary talent to draw on, which is I'm sure is one of the ideas. is oh we have these fantastic chefs. We have a world class culinary program. Of course, we're going to teach culinary arts, but, it's not as, you know, the water so, aerobics is not a humongous draw. I, you don't have to go to Orlando to learn right. the water
3: aerobics. So, so we have a couple of course materials here that we'll put up with the article that we scanned in. The, the, the one is a, a one-pager on outdoor photography. And so if you take this class, you know, the, the art of seeing, which I remember taking photography in high school, and Gary Thacker... Great teacher, teaching us, you know, how to get down on our knee, look at things from different perspectives, how to angle your camera, uh, you know, so it's not just the standard what he used to call a PhD shot, push here, dummy, the 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 one ten <laughs> cameras and the Kodak discs and the, you know, the 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 simple just point and shoot cameras, uh, you know, establish a subject, quality of light, composition. So you I mean you can see the kind of thing that they taught there but as i just said i mean i took a photography class in high school that taught me the exact same thing so i'm not sure that that's you know something that i necessarily want to run down there and take the second one was which i love the wine wonders and song the italy handout and and it, it's kind of interesting one cuz the material is literally a xerox paper but it goes through and there actually is a clip of this in the promo video that is seven minutes long. It's on our site. We'll link to it. But they did do one promo video for the Disney Institute when it opened, and you can see in the one class the man is sitting there showing people how to look at their glass of red wine and 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 you know judge its uh, its quality and strength and smell, and uh, and and so here is I mean pages and pages of the different kinds of wines and regions. And what pairs with what, and things that people know more now. Uh, back then, I, I think wine connoisseurs were, you know, known for being a little bit snobbier. Back then, it was a snootier class, a bunch of Niles Cranes.
1: You couldn't where I Google think that,
3: <laughs> yeah, where I think now people generally know what is half decent wine and what isn't. There are also two recipes that I guess they handed out in the class, a risotto alla basciola and a Tuscan flatbread, both of which I scanned in and will include. So those are two of the course kind of offerings of Disney Institute Generation One. I have some
2: favorites. Can I tell you some of mine?
3: That was just what I was going to say before I read the seasons menu. And we... Move on to D- Disney Institute Phase Two. I was going to say, does anybody else have anything to a, add to this? <clears throat> I, I grabbed a couple.
2: A couple. Um, one of my favorites here is the course called. It's a two-hour course called Antique Treasure Hunting. <laughs> this program shows you how to recognize and collect quality antiques from unlikely places, as well as how to care and preserve these treasures. Join an antique treasure hunt where you become the antique detective discover antique repair and maintenance techniques and explore what
0: you can do at home to display and protect your heirlooms i wonder if anybody made onto antiques roadshow and like found like the million dollar painting you know i don't know maybe the founder of antiques roadshow went on that class and then he was like
3: it is entirely possible
2: now the other one i really liked is which this is very applicable to daily life for most people Special effects makeup, a two-hour course. You, wait, wait,
0: wait. Oh, no, that's animatronic. You have tape. seen the we video,
3: have, right? Yeah. The video, like yeah. one of the first shots in the video is that guy getting his face painted as a lion. He's yeah. like, I'm never going to forget this. <laughs>
2: oh, you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they actually put him up in the great movie ride for an hour or two after that, I heard. That was the... Um, use special effects techniques to create a character with help from a Walt Disney World Resort makeup artist. Transform your face and learn how movie and television makeup artists makes bodily injuries look real as you create bruises, scars, oh. and more. <laughs> 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 Just don't do that before your wine tasting. Well, yeah. Learn gash. Learn yeah.
3: how to cover up child abuse at this <laughs> makeup class. Well, oh. I've got the I've got the well, night.
2: <laughs> Wait, let me finish this. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. You, you no, know, you're good. You'll receive a keepsake photo, makeup samples for practice at home and creative new skills to make Halloween, birthday parties and school plays more fun. So, <laughs> that's a great one.
0: I've got a 99 Burn bombs here, so you know, tell it as it is. And, you know, this was before he really got, you know, this edition the, the Burn bombs guide really got Disney-ified and they were like, "Dude, don't tell the truth, you know, but this is funny. The guy wanted Camp Disney was there, seven through 15. Um, examples of the experiences offered include wildlife adventures and journey into imagination. How do any of you know what journey into imagination would be?
2: You go ride the ride at Epcot?
0: No, it's painting and sculpting. So oh. you have to use your imagination. What a letdown. To... Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to a theme park no however it does say here jt they also a backstage look at disney stage shows rock climbing and comic strip illustration so there was a little backstage magic there and then um in entertainment here's where he's he's a little truthful here he says accomplished musicians dancers writers and filmmakers sometimes stay at the disney institute for a few days holding a workshop. (laughs) <laughs> Seeing whether performances or watching a film in the on-site cinema is the perfect ending to any day. So be sure to check the program and events board in the town grid to see what's on tap. And he also says under reservations, it's wise to register for Disney Institute programs up to six months in advance. However, changes can be made upon arrival based on availability. So like you sign up for your crochet, you're like, eh, I'm really feeling filmmaker this week. So I, that's I, interesting.
3: I have a couple here. So in the, at the towards the end of the seven minute promotional video, video that they made, there's this different group of people. And the one guy's like, oh, "I'm afraid of heights. I, you know, just never would have thought of climbing a, a rock wall, but I did it here, and you <laughs> know, I conquered my fear." And then there's somebody else. I learned how to paint as, a, <laughs> and you just feel so dated because you're watching it. And there's this, you know, 40s 50s dad who says. I learned how to use a CD-ROM drive. I never would have thought I'd have learned that. And literally, in this in, in this Disney Institute program direct descriptions, under lifestyles, there's climbing your family tree, computers, huh? desktop publishing, and then computers, CD-ROM magic, an opportunity to experience the excitement of the latest user-friendly computer technology. Wow! I mean, he. It's, Microsoft and Carta 94 was two years old when they started CD-ROM magic.
2: Yeah, and everybody Um, watched that bald eagle catch that fish in the (laughs) water.
3: I mean, it's just, there's there's so much stuff here that is is interesting, uh, but you can see why it didn't entirely work. Now, if you took one of these programs, you got a handy Scantron form. Oh, survey? To fill out afterwards, they gave every participant this Scantron survey oh, that gosh, I'm holding here, like college. and you could color in, you know, questions like overall rating on the program and the instructor. Excellent, very good, good, just okay, poor, don't know, not applicable. Oh, yeah. And you would fill I'm in your date hook,
4: and who your instructor was. and Got to give Hooked on Hydroponics a four. Ooh. Absolutely. Hydroponics so, four, wow.
3: And, and then at the bottom, you can see there was an office use only where they would tally up things for like yes. how the instructor uh, scored and things like that. God, so I wonder if that's in a box somewhere you, at Disney, you, all the you, results. Uh, you, you, and you had to use a number two pencil or a, a pen with black ink. And color in all of the dots. So that that's one of things that we have many copies of. But, oh, I wanted to read. Where's the back of that thing? Dining. Uh, so there were three dining options listed here. Seasons Dining Room, a full-service restaurant serving a la carte breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Offers a wide selection of delicious meals. Each night celebrates the freshest Floridian favorites. Which is, I believe now, the Turf Club. Uh, where we ate. Uh, last year, Todd. Um, yes, we had a very nice meal out there yeah, on the patio. And... Nice. Uh, well, and that's mentioned here. The Seasons oh. Terrace Bar serves breakfast and lunch and alcoholic or non-alcoholic beverages in a relaxed piano or a patio setting. Drinks are also served in Seasons Lounge adjacent to Seasons Dining Room.
2: That's where the pool table is now.
3: <laughs> yes. For lighter fare, I like this one. Reflections Coffee and Pastries, located on Willow Lake, is the perfect spot to meet, uh, to relax, meet others, and share experiences. I have two observations here. Wasn't Reflections going to be the name of the silly
2: River Country Wellness
3: River Country Mm -hmm, Resort? mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, it's not a coffee and pastry stand anymore, but it was in 1996. Uh, My second question is: I wonder. Uh, our buddy Joe Barlow, remember, would write in about uh, golfing down there and there being a, a, a bar that he loved to stop and drink at on the golf course. And I thought that was down there at the golf course at what was the Institute and became other things. Uh, so I'm wondering if this coffee and pastry bar ultimately became the the golf course bar mm later in life uh, now
2: yeah that's that's int- cool because down there is uh there is like a pull up see i have two things on this they you talk about the golf course it was opened i think with the disney institute or was that already there? i mean
3: it, pre- it predated didn't it predate the disney institute yeah it yeah. did yeah. Oh,
2: okay so that was just there then cl- you know it's handy okay oh yeah yeah, yeah the- that
0: was one of the original ones that intertwined uh with okay with, in in the not only the tree houses but uh into into some of the villas there. and then they uh
2: they're down there like below the turf club if you come out the front like your patio there's a an area you pull up with your golf cart there i got a cool picture because they got like a funny menu with like chip and dale on like golf clubs or doing something weird and it's like a drive up you know bar like for snacks and that for the golfers so that that could have been it too i don't know like right there the, yeah
3: well the the tiny little menu you can see how I hold them. remember when they would have the <laughs> the, the thing. little things at the front desk with like men little yeah, is, miniature menus you from all of the different restaurants it's like yeah, a GI Joe is, size menu it, it, it <laughs> is it's like I'm Gulliver and Gulliver's Travels here holding this little thing but they used to have like whole display cases of all these little menus uh from from various restaurants on property back before the Disney dining plan when they didn't need to you know, they, they needed to encourage you to try places. Anyway, this is the one for Seasons. And on the back, it says Seasons is located at the Disney Institute near downtown Disney's Marketplace. So now you're a 1994 paid beyond. Um, And the Lake Buena Vista golf course. In tandem with the Disney Institute's spirit of trial and exploration, Seasons awakens the sleeping gourmet In all of its guests, defined as Floridian cuisine, the menu places an emphasis on the freshest seasonal ingredients and celebrates the bounty of each season's harvest. With ever-changing, innovative offerings to sample, it has the hours and the number to call, 407-WDW-DINE. Inside, I just want to give you the brief peek, because it's not a big menu, because it's a tiny little piece of paper, but... Uh, Dungeness crab cake and watermelon fennels, uh, watermelon and fennel slaw. Uh, Florida quesadillas, which are these are appetizers. Like, Because Florida
4: is so famous for its Dungeness
3: crab. For its Dungeness crab. <laughs> soup and garden specialties are a cream of cauliflower soup or a, or a house or Caesar salad. The house salad has. Uh, what does this say? Seasons own confetti vinaigrette or a blueberry dressing. I don't want either of those things on my salad. (laughs) Um, Your entrees were a cornflake crusted catfish, orange wood smoked beef tenderloin, pan fried striped bass, roasted orange blossom honey glazed chicken. I would like to eat that. An Everglade blackened halibut with butterfly merlot sauce. And if you still have room for dessert, you could get a milk chocolate pumpkin cake. Those things don't seem to go together. Banana creme brulee or Valencia orange parfait at this tiny little menu for seasons at Disney. Now, what happened to the Disney Institute? Well, as we discussed, for the first three and a half years, they realized, you know, families really don't want to come down and go on vacations and learn how to cook scallops. So in 2000, three, four years, four years after it opened, a shift was made away from family enrichment programs to business professionals because they did realize, I mean, Disney already knew this, but corporations love enrichment retreats and team building and uh, sending their people away, especially big corporations back then, to retreats to learn how to be better employees. And so the shift was made from this kind of stuff Uh, to business professionals learning the quote-unquote secrets to Disney's customer service and business culture, which was legendary by that point. Uh, And that lasted for about three years. And then in 2003, the main campus uh, closed and was converted to Saratoga Springs Disney Vacation Club. There were some Buildings knocked down then, uh, and some purpose-built bi- uh, buildings uh, were, were constructed to service uh, a DVC resort. Some of the original buildings still remain. Uh, as I said, where we ate uh, dinner at the Turf Club is an original building. Uh, but uh, the Disney Institute does live on, at least in name, Uh, If you Google it, it will pop up and you can find the website and it'll indicate that they're still running programs to teach business professionals how to use the Disney method of customer service and team building and employee, whatever. Uh, So they know that that's a a, a, basically they're trading on the reputation uh, as uh, legendary employers Uh, and. Now it does not have a, a a domestic housing, although if somebody's listening and happens to work for them, it says, oh, no, we're in such and such a building. By all means, feel free. But I think now it's more of a we'll dispatch someone to your location or we'll set up a an event in a contemporary ballroom or a boardroom somewhere or something to have your visiting professionals. And we'll come in and put on a dog and pony show for them. Uh, JT probably sounds a lot like teacher in service. <laughs> programs and things like that that uh where i mean i get as an hr professional i get pitched this stuff once a week from various speakers and guys that want to come in and you know sell me uh a motivational speech to my employees
2: yeah it's definitely uh i mean it it at least now in its current form, I've seen stuff on there. And I mean, there's even been different books written and things like that. Uh, you know, Creating Magic is a book I read for a graduate course. And I, you know, it was about treating customers properly, which in turn is, you know, my, my demographic. I treat them like customers and providing good service and that. So it's, they, they definitely have taken uh, the, the concept of it and made it more, we'll say less expensive and more profitable at the same time. Because, I, one thing I just read here is, and it hit me, this was before the digital camera age, really. So they're, yeah, they're they're sitting there firing off rolls of film, developing right on site. I mean, everything w- was expensive to do there, it seems like. And if I hear the term Cybex gym equipment one more time, <laughs> they, they just touted it was like top I, tier, I, top I get, expense. I
3: guess it was the uh, Peloton of its day. Yeah, I know?
2: mean, it's gyms have Cybex now, but it's like it's just, I mean, they. They pushed the clay courts. I mean, you you were getting something that was very, you know, very top tier.
3: It's funny you mentioned the digital because in one of these promo articles that they wrote, uh, one of the lines starts up, Most homes today own a VCR, and the ubiquitous video camera has replaced film as a popular medium for vacation memories. Steve Schlow, managing director for television and video, formerly a Boston television producer, will help bring a professional touch to vacation videos. And it you know, talks about how they will show you how to shoot better vacation home videos. Like, I just can't imagine being like, hey, and that was the teen program, by the way. Like, can you imagine your parents being like, we're going to Disney World. You're going to learn how to shoot better videos.
2: It's it's interesting. Like, I mean, like, it's,
3: it, it totally makes sense that it didn't work.
2: Yeah, it's, it's I remember the video. So, I you know, we would get. You know, we'd get bored, you'd call the 800 number, I'd be like 10 years old. (laughs) I'd like a vacation planning video, and then you'd wait and they'd mail it to you. And then after a while, that it would be the standard, you know, vacation one, and then there'd be a break, and then they'd be Disney Institute at the end, or they sent that separate one that was Disney Institute. I'll never forget watching the Disney Institute one, and my dad walking in, and I go, Look at this thing at Disney! He goes, and he's literally said he was probably like, you know, 40 at the time. Why would we want to go on vacation and learn stuff and not have fun? And I mean, <laughs> well,
3: and, and that's the whole thing. The idea of shifting it to corporate retreats and corporate education is it is preferable to sitting yeah. at your desk and going to work. Totally. It's not preferable to, hey, we're taking the whole family to Disney World. Uh, But instead of going on, you know, Tower of Terror and riding the Great Movie Ride, we'd much rather go over there and learn about, you know, shaping a a, a tree into a a hippopotamus. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just... Or learning how the the cultural dances of the holidays, you know. Well, it's
2: it's interesting, too. I'm reading about the, uh, you know, these press releases and stuff. And... It almost seems like they made an effort to to make it not Disney. They said there was nothing Mickey Mouse. There was nothing, you know, that even connected it other than that, like carrot of like, hey, one day if you want, you can go over here to the theme parks.
3: Yeah, it's certainly true that the 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 course descriptions don't have any kind of that Disney hook uh beyond Ex-
2: except the voice of mickey mouse guy in the video <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which once again that's totally applicable everybody wants to
3: do voices like that's well can you imagine going back to work after? look what i can do now <laughs> Nobody we're gonna conduct a whole meeting as characters
2: oh, it's it's something though it's it's a it's a heck of a concept and I, we've seen things like this you know Recent, I, i'm telling you this reminds me of the, this i when the star cruiser opened i literally texted my sister who listens to our show i said this reminds me of the disney institute <laughs> like just it's it's not gonna last
3: it's for a certain uh yeah. too, level too of certain. interest or exactly there's there's is there a wide enough audience uh And what are they doing To sustain something like that. I I know we're not
2: current, but this is the same thing. What are they doing? Oh, we're giving discounts. Oh, we're shortening the stays. Oh, we're removing meals. It's not as big as it was. And it's kind of that same
3: thing the Institute did. And and this one kind of tracked with, you know, Eisner's waning years at the company. It was a passion project to him when he was at his apex. And, you know, he literally had the power to talk everybody. And look, we're going to build this whole thing. Uh, and it was one of many, just ideas that didn't work the way that he needed it to, as those last years in charge of the company kind of kind of came to pass. And uh, you know, interesting, innovative, creative—it's all of those things, but it you know ultimately wasn't successful. And yeah. you you get the sense now that. Uh, You know, any business that decides to embark on something is fulfilling a need. And it feels like reading these press releases, they convinced themselves there was a need for this without without ever actually identifying, hey, there's really a market for this.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely unique, too unique of a thing. And then. Now, now it has me, and I'm sure our listeners would need to. They they should do this too. Is next time you're at Saratoga Springs, match up some old photos and see if you can find yeah. any of the the remnants. Because I know I'm gonna get on Google Earth and roll the time back and just kind of see what's still there. I did find one more nugget here. I think that's hilarious, and it shows you how specific they got. And it almost was like a wasted effort. They had a closed circuit TV station called WALT.
0: WALT. Walt. <laughs> it's a good thing they weren't in California. Huh? Right? K L K A L T doesn't doesn't have the same ring to it.
1: Can, did can, did anybody
2: go to like not as ten but how did you ever set foot there in the day or were you not even like would like could you even like pull up if you weren't a guest to eat there or anything?
4: I mean, I suppose you could probably drive in. I can't remember if it was created and if so where i don't think so it wouldn't be parking
0: for anything you know you i don't think you could even really walk to this i don't even know if there was any way to walk to marketplace there might have been a
4: path uh you could the long way i guess Yeah.
2: see i heard now this is interesting that they they had the reason it was built where it was was because it's like oh go to the village go to pleasure island because that was hopping then for the most part but then Recently, when Disney Springs got its redo and the bridge to Saratoga, that was only built recently, so there really wasn't an easy way to get across the lake. Maybe by boat, but there definitely. Yeah. But I don't know. Quite
0: a place. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you very much for taking us back to the institute. Um, I'm gonna go check my local uh, continuing ed just see if I can do <laughs> something, and maybe I'll sign up. Find something to do, and I'll see if they have topiary arts. I
3: Maybe. well, I think <clears throat> this would be a great idea for once we're done the Epcot event to just have a next event where we just select programs from we'll, these yeah. course <laughs> studies and
0: just, just do them. We'll bring in James just, Earl Jones. We'll,
3: no, we'll bring in the actual people who <laughs> taught it, these classes. The yeah. I mean, they're probably all still there in Orlando. Yeah, if you or anybody and, you uh, know, <laughs> we'll teach you how to, uh, you know, improve your home videos on your VCR. Right. Or uh...
1: <laughs>
2: now, now what I would like is a uh, I'd like a couple things from How I want a shirt with the retro WDW logo with the Disney Institute little people inside of it, <laughs> the logo. Oh what, yeah, what, the, what was Can that? we, can we was talk that? about that at the yeah, end? What was so that? The, the
3: the logo it was like a jumping uh, person. Well, well. So I asked How beforehand. Instinct. I said, "Could you? Could you? If you have expertise on this, I remember Apple's eWorld service." uh which was their like America online competitor which didn't last. But it was you know a lot of logos in the nineties had these kind of paintbrush stroke people mm. in them. And that's what the Disney Institute logo has. Is there does that have like a style name how? Or is there a was I've, it just I've its era? It to see if I
4: could yeah, I looked up to see if I could find something and I didn't see any it, kind of particular It was name huge in the clip
3: art era. Like
0: you'd go to these yeah. clip art things in the 90s, you'd buy this this CD and it'd have like everything done in that style and you all different it, versions of it. It's
3: like the AMC film guy uh, <laughs> moved moved out to a paintbrush stroke. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but but yeah, I mean people listening will know. I mean we'll, we'll have the logo in He's every T in the
2: Institute, so there's three T's. Is a person, yeah. there's a head, and then there's one that has broke free in floating... Yeah, has, yeah.
3: you know, become a better person from his courses he's, he's- and...
4: Or he's jumping into the abyss and <laughs> He's
2: jumping there. off the rock walls Because James
3: Earl Jones was at running, the top. Running, running to catch a bus To a theme park to enjoy his vacation I'm free I got out of here I'm going to have fun now oh, Thank god it was only a day visit <laughs> I mean It's just Oh, uh, goodness I, I would gracious. really like to hear
2: that we didn't get much response, which maybe that's the telling thing. I want, would love to hear more people tell about their experience there, like other than yeah. these press releases, because these firsthand ones are super interesting. Yeah. That or, would be you know, I, I,
3: I used the promotional slide uh, that I had gotten from a, a Disney set uh, where, where it was a Disney Institute class, uh, just a guy with a clipboard. And you know the most '90s group you ever saw standing in front of the spaceship Earth, as he's explaining something to them about, you know, the landscaping or whatever. And uh, I did have somebody on Twitter reply, or Mike, B- I think it was Mike Bounce, actually said, uh, "Hey, that was uh, I, that was my first supervisor at Disney, the guy teaching that class, you know, oh. in in this promotional slide." But you know, and I wonder how much of it was. You know, not their full time job to teach this stuff like people who had other jobs at Disney that were like, hey, on Mondays, you know, from nine to eleven, you got to go do this thing to teach this class. And, you know, I'm sure it opened with full time employees and tending to do all this stuff. But, you know, as it doesn't quite work out, they start pulling from existing talent and just saying, hey, two hours a week, you're going to do this.
2: Well they uh they, they in the video I I as far as I can tell the theme song in the video was specifically made for the video in the Disney Institute cuz I shazammed it and and I had nothing oh, come oh,
3: up. Oh 100%, you know. You won't believe what you can do, JT.
2: <laughs> we should get that to play us out of this episode.
3: <laughs> well, thank you everybody. I've enjoyed this visit to the Disney Institute. Yep. And I hope you have as well. And I think we
0: have an event to talk about real quick. For those that uh, might not be on our mailing list. My my
3: birthday is next month, you're right. Oh, that's right.
0: Yes. He's got his want list on Amazon. (laughs) uh, So you can go there and check it out. Uh, No, we are talking about Retro Magic Celebration, and that's going to be all about Epcot. So it's an Epcot 40th celebration this coming September 30th and October 1st at Disney's Yacht Club uh so all the details that we know and can talk about now are released out on retromagic.org uh and in fact uh, tickets are available and on sale so there's a two-day ticket available we're going to be starting the the uh the show this time at uh, a saturday evening event we're going to have a bit hour and a hour and a half or so and uh then we'll uh Rest for the night and everybody will come back Sunday and we'll have a few hours and a lunch break and a few more hours. It's going to be fantastic. So there's a lot of details yet to iron out. I I think I wanted to make sure that our listeners knew that uh, it takes a lot to put this on and and we're going to get the details out to you uh, as they come in and as we can release them. Uh, But all four of us here have been busy getting things out, getting the social set up, uh, how built the new website, the ticket systems up and running. So we're ready to go, uh, and now we've just got to confirm some other things and work out some details. So um, working with Disney does take a little bit of time to have them make their decisions and sign papers and send money and all that good stuff. So, But we're looking forward to it. So, Brian, you can say it more eloquently than I can. What else will they be
3: experiencing this time around? I, uh, what, our, what our goal is here is and you know it's a goal you're working with with people being willing to travel and all but it's coming along nicely but i have said it is our goal to have the biggest and best celebration of epcot center the greatest assemblage of people responsible for the things you love at epcot center since the place opened in 1982 and that's what we're trying to do we're that's right uh, before we lose some of these folks and, and uh, before they lose their willingness to travel across the country, since a lot of them are in California, uh, we want to try and bring as many of them back uh, as we can so that uh, you can hear their stories and get to meet them and uh, spend the day with like-minded people. There are hundreds of people who've already bought tickets, Yep. Uh, and there's room for one more. There's always room for That's one always more. So. We, we so, always but, can get so. a
0: bigger room, right?
3: Yeah, so buy your, <laughs> buy your ticket and uh join us on the 30th of September and the 1st of October anniversary weekend in Orlando, Florida at the Yacht Club Convention Center. Yep. And go to retromagic.net uh to uh or.org. Either or, one, you either can one. Go to either one and find us and uh, and join us. We That's would right. love to meet you and love to have you there.
2: Yep. Two two of the most surprising things for me in every time we have these events are number one, I love and it's exciting, but I'm always surprised how many people say it was an amazing event. Yeah. Afterwards, then, I'm always surprised how many people say they wish they would have come that's because right. they heard about it. So you don't want to be in that second one. You want to be right. in the first one.
0: And now, there's people I, that didn't get the D23, and they said that's okay because they want to come to us. So, yeah. And we
3: will, we will have some artists in residence mm-hmm. uh, at this event. So <laughs> it's, it's James possible Earl Jones. James, Jones James Earl Jones could be Jones. there. Yes. It's possible Martin Scorsese could be there. Uh, it's also possible that neither of those people could be there, but you won't know if you don't buy a ticket. And and you won't believe what you can do. And you won't (laughs) believe what you can do if you get there. That's it. That's that's all I'm going to say.
0: So head over to retromagic.net or retromagic.org, same site. Check it out, and I hope to see you there. Well, Brian, thank you very much again, uh, and thanks, as always, to all of our listeners. Give us a shout-out on iTunes or wherever your favorite podcasting app is. Uh, we'll be back next month with another wonderful topic. Uh, we're not sure where we're going yet, but I'm sure it's going to be a good one, as always. So We should probably take a class at the Disney Institute to help us decide. That's the- <laughs> That's a good idea. Podcasting. Podcasting. Hey, po- uh, hey, oh, yeah,
1: podcasting, podcasting. class. Perfect. Who would we perfect.
0: get? Who would have come in for that? You know, like Ira Glass, maybe? James Earl Jones uh, again. James <laughs> Earl Jones. That's right. So uh but thanks <laughs> all for Brian. This. <laughs> what did I say? Brian
4: Turn down your air what's, conditioning. What's, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you need filters. <laughs> filters oh my goodness and if you are interested in any of the creative merchandise that how has has uh, come up with as well as retro magic t-shirts and and wears, head over to retrowdw uh, retro forward slash support us as always any payment uh, for us goes directly to the lake Buena vista historical society and you can always make a donation at lbhs.org forward slash donate and all your donations are tax deductible thanks again LBV, for listening
3: lbvhistory.org uh, that's correct lbvhistory.org i
0: think the other one works too but we got too many websites but yeah we do we do we do <laughs> all right consolidation we'll have to have a institute thing on that brand Change brand your name to the disney institute <laughs> yeah yeah we'll be teaching things before we know it but all right everybody have a wonderful time to- a wonderful day and uh thanks for listening we'll talk to you next month and uh with that brian take
3: us out Follow the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society on Twitter and Instagram at lbvhistory and on the web at lbvhistory.org. For all things retro Disney World, including exclusive merchandise, visit us on the web at retrowdw.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RetroWDW. And follow our hosts, Todd McCartney, on Twitter at WDWMS. Hal Bowers on Twitter and Instagram at GoAwayGreen. JT Couger on Twitter at LS1JT and on YouTube at Rubber City Motoring and on the web at RubberCityMotoring.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. At Brian P. Miles. Retro Disney World is the monthly podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society, a nonpartisan, nonprofit, tax exempt 501c3 organization, and is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiary or affiliated the entities.
1: Disney Institute. You'll be